Juggling Podcast number 39, a conversation with Aaron Gregg. Hello and welcome to Juggling Podcast number... 39. 39 is correct. Had to try that two times that time, this introduction. My name is Luke Burridge and uh, sitting just away from me is... Paula Brentler. And uh, we're recording this in Berlin. Sorry about no podcast for a while, uh, for various reasons. First of all, Polo was away for a week and the idea was that I would do one by myself and then I couldn't really find the inspiration or time or um, anything like that. And then uh, then there was technical troubles that when we were trying to record something last time, so it never really worked out. We're trying to do a feature of how cool it is to be in Berlin uh, and juggling in Berlin, but it never really never really worked out properly with that. But then, of course, this week, um, Aaron Gregg came to visit, so we decided to do uh, a show, a conversation with Aaron Gregg. Um, so uh, we have actually got lots of great topics and things to, to talk about. It's just we just don't have the uh, time at the moment and we still don't have internet because at home. Because Aaron likes talking. Aaron does like talking, yeah. So uh, so, uh, so it will be a long, not interview, but conversation. No, I'm saying we in the, for the future we still have lots of topics, but, we're, but we, yeah. Yeah, no, we, don't have, uh, uh, we don't have ways to record and things like that. So we will get to lots and of I'm other people. And I'm a bit ill. Yeah, so uh, uh, news, well, we haven't really done much over the past... Uh, we have years. done. I know, but not like juggling-wise, have we? We've just been working at home and I've been getting lots of promo material done, made some nice new postcards, we've got some good photos and things, so that's been interesting. And, uh, and Polo was away and then we've had lots of visitors as well. We've had quite a few parties and um, been doing lots of stuff. Last night we had a party at home, which was a big was Christmas a party. It was a dinner party and lots of Polo's relatives came over and lots of friends from Berlin lots of different people came over and because lots of Polar's parents uh, lots of Polar's parents lots of Polar's relatives like her parents and uncles and things like that they had never seen us perform so they uh, so we decided to do a show for them and it went quite well and Polo didn't want to perform in the end so it was just me doing yeah, a, sort of a solo show I, I ca- couldn't believe that you actually expected me not to drink on my own no, party you could drink it's no, just that I the show won't drink when I when I perform yeah but so then you didn't perform yeah. It's not I didn't expect you to drink, I was just... Ex- no, I, but the thing is, mm. I had to decide between drinking on my own party or not drinking until 12 o'clock. But you could have, you could have, we could have just done it with you been drinking. No. Okay. Well, anyway, a few days early, well, it was a good show anyway, I think quite yeah, a lot of people enjoyed it. Really it. Nice. And uh, Polar's, uh, Polar's relatives are now very impressed with what we do for a living, oh, which yeah. is quite cool. Big fans. <laughs> so I, I even signed an autograph for, for Polar's... Um, uh, auntie. Auntie. Yes, she was auntie. Okay. So uh, and that was quite interesting. And uh, so that was cool. Uh, a few days before that, we had another party and I'd been drinking and I ran through my routine um, and it went quite badly. There was a few drops, that was like seven drops or nine drops or something in routine. The worst thing though, was one of the first things I did was throw a ring up and hit myself really hard in the face. But because I was drunk, I didn't feel, quite feel it. And I woke up the next morning and thought, I've got a bad head because I'm hungover. And then I've still got a bad head now, three days, four days still. later. Yeah, I've still got a bad headache because all, all my eye, it didn't swallow, swell up or anything, but it hit right against the the bone above my eye there so last night i didn't not drink before the show because i didn't want to drop i did have a few drinks but i didn't want to be drunk and hurt myself and damage myself again that was one of the main reasons i didn't clever uh, well not really that clever um so that was that's pretty much our um news oh tonight we went to the sofa variety and it was all right saw some acts that we hadn't seen before so uh, that was good Actually, i had, thought I'd, mainly acts yeah. that i haven't seen i think i haven't seen a single act before. no i mean that one that was good actually it's it's very strange to see a show that we haven't seen anything in before anyway some news for the future we're going away on another world um tour no what would you call this one cruise uh, tour. it was a cruise a cruise ship gig so we're going away for six weeks don't worry we will try and keep doing podcasts throughout the six weeks we're going away on the um early uh, december uh, maybe they'll in all a week's come time. In, in a block then like six in a block what's that Afterwards, sorry yeah sort of when six we don't have internet and yeah and when we come back in uh on uh on the uh then is it? There will January. be a six-pack. Yeah, January. And we'll, we'll, we'll try and keep podcasts updated as we go through. But we can't really um, promise all that much, I don't think. Uh, but we will do some special end-of-show stuff. And uh, hopefully by the end of this week, we'll have recorded the top 40 jugglers and put that out by the end of the week as well. I know two shows in one week, but we'll do it before we leave. I'm quite I think. curious about that. Yeah, well, it's going to be a good one, I think. Yeah, so uh, so that's about cool. Uh, so yeah, we're going down to um, South America. We're going to Uruguay, Argentina, the Falkland Isles, um, the and mm, 
something else. Yeah, we're not in Argentina. We're not allowed to call the Falklands the Falklands. I think especially the not Mavinia when you're British. Islands or something. Yeah, get crap beaten out of me or something like that. I was actually trying to think of some really bad taste jokes to do if we're sort of doing a show around the Falklands, but uh, like catch a club and go gotcha. But I'm not sure how many people would actually get that joke if they're not British. Anyway, so uh, so there was uh, there, and then we go to, to Antarctica, which we're really really looking forward to. We have Christmas in penguins. Antarctica, and then we'll be uh, My going. Most important thing: penguins, penguins, penguins. Yeah, and whales and dolphins. I'm not sure what we're going to see. Seals, definitely. And uh, there's penguins. this cool place that we're going to. Not sure if we're going to have a chance to do this thing, but there's a place called Half Moon Island where there's this volcano which spews out hot water, and then there's a glacier which spews out freezing cold water, and in the line where they meet, there's a sort of certain zone that you can go swim. Can you actually see the line? No, you can't. Well, I guess there's steamy water on one side and not steamy water on the other. So where there's the steam is sort of fading away. Anyway, the guys, the tour guys, who they'll know what to do. The ship pilots will yeah, know where to go. I'm not sure if we're going to get a chance to do that, but it is something I'd love to do: is swimming in the in the sea. Are there sharks? <laughs> no, it's too cold. <laughs> you don't get sharks. Like that. The it sharks was are, a joke. I don't know. But thanks. Anyway, so uh, so they, oh, I say it's too cold. Yeah. But but these seals, they are dangerous. Yeah, the tiger seals. I don't know. So <laughs> and then we go back up and then we do some more stuff Penguins. around the Argentine and Chile and stuff. So we're really looking forward to this. It's going to be a long trip away. And like I say, we we will try and do some uh, podcasts and stuff. But uh, voting is now closed as it's now December. Voting is closed on the top forty poll. So don't let's do that. Anyway, without further ado, let's get onto this interview. Yeah, because uh, yeah. it's less of an interview, more of a conversation with Aaron and Greg that I recorded just a few minutes ago. So Polar hasn't had a chance to listen to this because it's only been an hour ago since we stopped recording so yeah, um, and i wasn't on the toilet when he started it so and then i didn't want to join in oh sorry anymore. i didn't realize seriously you okay. didn't tell me i, said, I went to the toilet I said and we're i came do- back and you were well what did you think i took the laptop for i didn't know you took the laptop <laughs> oh, okay. how shall i know i was wondering why you had a rucksack but i didn't know what was in it <laughs> you didn't ask what was in it anyway why? so it's not that interesting okay, okay i had a rucksack yeah i knew you were taking food this, let's get to this interview with uh, Air and Greg. Are you ready, Polar? Yeah, but I have to say once more penguin. Thank I think you. I didn't say penguin often enough. Penguin. Okay, okay here we go. So joining me now is the juggler from Canada, Aaron Greg. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Luke. How's it going? It's going all right. That's almost like we uh, scripted that for radio, isn't it? So sort of like an introduction to a radio show there. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Just saw an interesting show here at the Sofa Varieté in Berlin. Cool. So tell me, how did you get into juggling? Uh, a guy just... No, no, actually, yeah, you just told me not to ask you that question. So just introduce yourself then. If you don't have any cool story of how you became a juggler or how you became a, a professional performer or performer in that matter, just tell us a bit about what you do um, juggling-wise and performing-wise. Uh, well, I'm uh, from Canada there, and what my show uh, generally consists of comedy juggling. Uh, the comedy is as important to me as the juggling, so I meet a lot of other jugglers and, you know, they're more into juggling, but I really like the uh, the combination of the two, comedy and juggling. And your main venue of performing is? Uh, I do street as well as arts festivals and corporate things and stuff like that, and I end up at a lot of juggling festivals, it seems. Yeah, I think that's probably where quite a lot of people will know you from. Um, as uh, I think, I guess, next week's podcast is going to be the t- rundown of the top 40 jugglers, uh, you definitely got a place on that. Again, I was going to tell you what place you were, but I forgot to look it up. Oh, good. I'm glad to see you prepared. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's what I call research. Uh, but actually, I remember you uh, voting and, and who you voted for on that, and it seemed to be quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of uh, comedy jugglers or people who write comedy rather than jugglers. So that's the main influence for you? Uh, yeah, I guess growing up, I watched a lot of comedians and stuff, and that was my main thing. And Basically, I've been able to use juggling as a uh, as a medium for performing comedy. It makes it a bit more accessible to some audiences, and I don't have to perform in comedy clubs. I can perform in other venues. So my big inspirations are people like Dan Holzman and Reese Thomas, yeah. people who are good jugglers but also very strong comedians, and that's really the big part of the show. So they're your, your heroes of juggling, are they? They would be, yeah. They're my Anthony Gatto and my Victor Key and my uh, Rodney Mullen, as it were. Well, that's cool. Um, oh, I remember someone else who you, who you voted for. I think number one, Dick Franco, as well. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really recognise him as, as among the names of like um, Dan Holtzman, David Diebel, and these other guys. Yeah, well, it was a bit of an inside joke uh, amongst some friends. I don't know if we need to get into that. We can if you want, but yeah, let's do it. Why? Why did you put down Dick Franco? Go for it then. Uh, well, I uh, was performing at a, the uh, Renegade show at the Boulder uh, Juggling Festival, and 
Dick, Dick actually had congratulated me via email uh, when I broke the Guinness World Record for Chainsaw Junkie. Because that's what he's known for as well, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And it, and it was really uh, an honor. You know, I'd seen him uh, years ago in Las Vegas and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I highly respected him. And it was great to get that email from him. And it was really, uh, I was really proud. Anyway, um, at the Boulder Festival, Peggy Roos and I, uh, trans, uh, pardon me, uh, interp deaf interpreter, uh, I kind of had this idea of where she could interpret rude words. Um, Hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't exactly the greatest act in the world, but yeah, it got some laughs, and there was like 40 people there. wasn't much going on, so, yeah, it seemed to this work. This is Renegade, then, yeah? This is Renegade. I also did some plunger throwing, but, well, anyway, I did a very... I hadn't warmed up, and I did a very bad display of plunger throwing. Anyway, the point is, Dick was offended. He had his steps on there, and uh, then he decided to take, to take it out at me on the Anthony Gatto forum and called me uh, a drunk... Uh, stoner, a uh, no-talent hack, thief, loser, various other things. And uh, he told me that um, no one who drinks on stage will ever be successful and no one should have a reputation as uh, drinking if they want to be a successful juggler. And then I use the example of W.C. Fields. I was just about to mention that. Yeah, who actually um, Dick Franco's done paintings of, so I'm not sure. He was known as the, the drunk juggler, the uh, complete buffoon as he was. Yeah, and he's... Perhaps the most famous juggler who's, uh, you know, yeah. really juggled in mainstream stuff. Like yeah, in, pictured in, in many movies. films, yeah. Absolutely. So, anyway, there that's that in a nutshell. So, uh, you got to, you gave Dick Franco his only vote this year. Well done. Oh, thank you very much. I think I gave Dan Holtzman his only vote, too, though. No, no, he definitely got some others, and people voted for the Vaspinas as well. So, anyway, uh, uh. you'll find this all out in next week's podcast when we get there. So, uh, well, that's cool. Um, so, tell me a bit about your travels, and you say you get to lots of festivals. Is that mainly to perform, or do you just like turning up and uh, doing renegades, or whatever you do? I've seen you host a few renegades, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, see, I enjoy hosting the Renegades. It's, uh, it's a fun venue, and uh, yeah, I get to kind of do what you want. It's free-flowing. I've had you know good and bad experiences, I guess. Everybody's had good and bad Renegades. Go on, tell me your best Renegade story and your worst Renegade story, uh, in either order. Well, my best, actually, the best and the worst were both, I would say, at the BJC. My best Renegade story, I enjoyed so much performing with Tempe uh, from Japan because uh, we had a few minutes there, and... Uh, he was the best straight man, and I really could just give him such a hard time, and he was so nice and polite and respectful as I tried to take credit for everything he did on stage, and he just sort of bowed down to me and allowed me to do it. And I realized if I ever want a duo partner, it's going to be a nice, polite Japanese guy who's way better than me at everything. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> Which Tempe is. So it's, And that it's was great. just a standout time, a moment for you on Renegade stage, was it? Yeah, I mean, Tempe and I had chatted briefly, you know, before, but uh, just, yeah improvising that on stage when we'd never done anything together ever was great, yeah. Cool. Worst experience? BJC again. Uh, Scotty and Meltzer and I planning all this, you know, great back and forth duo conversation and then finding out we have to share one headset. <laughs> oh, that was this year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, was and there's like a thousand people, well not a thousand, probably about 500 people sitting there in bleachers just looking going, what the hell's going on? Yeah, there were a lot of people there and the sound just wasn't there. It was, uh, it was a rough situation. Okay, well, there we go, some renegade stories. And a bit about your travels in general. Why, what are you doing here in Germany this time? Because you've been to Germany before. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, yeah, this is my third trip to Germany. Uh, second trip, really, as a juggler. I'm here uh, for a TV show that we did uh, about a week and a half ago, trying to break my world record for chainsaw juggling. I didn't manage to break it, but I got to wear a hideous vest on uh, in front of millions of Germans. Yeah, tell us a bit about that, because you, you hold the, uh, the chainsaw juggling world record at... 86 catches. And these are heavy stuff. You said like six kilograms each or something? Yeah, six kilos. And they vibrate as well, and so the handles get, yeah, tough to control. But when you broke the record, that was not for a TV show? No, it was just me in a park, actually at the Portland Juggling Festival. There was about 50 people in the park watching, and those were good controlled circumstances. What, because you could warm up, do what you... You were in charge there, were you? I was in charge. Yeah, I had breaks in between attempts, got to warm up properly, and yeah, you know... Oh, you I, took more than one attempt? Yeah, I think, I, think it might have been my third attempt yeah well you you get tired if you don't go past about 60 catches i don't get really really tired but yeah but uh, and then since then you've been booked to go on these uh, guinness um the grossest belt record or whatever the show was here the uh, the big shows and uh, and they just pay you to turn up and and do your thing is that right yeah, yeah, you come, I mean, there's a lot of preparation and stuff, and uh, it takes quite a while to do the whole gig and stuff. It's but you but you approach it as as work, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely work coming on and doing the chainsaw juggling. It makes me really nervous. i got to prepare for about a month out. i got to start 
practicing with the chainsaws and yeah, yeah getting in shape and stuff. So it, it's a fair bit of work, but uh, it's fun. You get to go to interesting countries and stuff. I did one in France and did one in China. And now in Germany. And now in Germany. And, uh, and you obviously stayed in Germany a bit longer and came up here to Berlin. Uh, tell me a bit about that. I mean, you've been, you stayed here in Berlin for about three months training at the Catacomb. And how was that? Yeah, well, I have you to thank for uh, pushing. Uh, you know, I wanted to kind of... Excuse me, they've just turned the music up in here. I don't know why, but uh, hopefully people can still hear us okay. Yeah, well... Uh, don't shout. <laughs> I, I came here to uh, Berlin basically because you said that it was there was so much to do here. There's such good juggling culture. There's so many clubs, and I, and I definitely wasn't let down. Uh, I trained at the Catacomben, and uh, it's been great coming back to see old friends and stuff and uh, and hang out. And I've seen uh, two shows. I got to go see Jay Gilligan and Manu Lauda yeah. perform uh, last night at the legendary Wintergarten, and now up-and-coming circus stuff. It's uh, just things you really... I. I've never seen anything like it in any other cities. Yeah, it really is quite unique. And Germany in general, you enjoy coming here for the juggling scene and meeting friends and stuff? Yeah, yeah, everybody's uh, really helpful. The, the only weird thing is that I'm not a very good juggler when I come here. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, five clubs impresses yeah. people elsewhere. Yeah, in, in Victoria, in Canada, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, top juggler around here. Well, sure, yeah, but even going to West Coast festivals and stuff, you know, I'm one of the better people and stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, coming here and... Two people were passing eight clubs, nine, eight, seven, and doing it quite competently at the festival. And yeah, yeah it's just, uh, yeah, it's that sort of thing. I always find in Germany as well, you just get loads of random, really good jugglers. Like you, you just go, who's that? Oh, he's just some random guy who trains here in Berlin. There's like this uh, guy called Oli who goes to the Tuesday night club, just can randomly juggle five club back crosses for like 100 catches. And he does it regularly, or, you know, 60, 70 catches of five club back crosses. Just and he's just a random person, never performs, nobody outside of Berlin or even outside of the Tuesday night club even knows of the guy. And you get that all the way across Germany, which is really weird. He's a, he's a middle-aged guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah just, with white yeah. with white clubs. Yeah, yeah, I was going to use the same example as some yeah. guy I'd never heard of. And, and he's so nice and, yeah, yeah. and friendly and stuff, he just doesn't really think much I, of it. See you later, Flo. See you later. Bye, Flo. Okay. What? Uh, yeah, I'll be there on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah, see you, see you later. So just uh, Aaron's going away, so he's saying goodbye to friends. Okay, so where were we up to? Yeah, Germany's cool. Uh, Berlin kicks ass. Um, oh yeah, let's get back a bit to the uh, street performing. Uh, you know, you said you don't have a, a, an interesting story of how you got into that, but how about running through your act? You do chainsaw juggling in your in your show? Obviously, not three chainsaw juggling. Uh, I do one chainsaw and two balls. Not really. I don't really make a big deal out of it. I never really intended to, but I had these chainsaws sitting around the house, and I thought, eh, I'll see what happens if I uh, do one in the show. But I get so many good jokes out of the chainsaw. It's so yeah. good for humor because it's something, it's obvious, people understand it and uh, it's threatening and you know, I give it to kids to play with and stuff and you get, you get a lot <laughs> really? of- Really? No, well, I threaten to. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, you get a lot of good jokes out of it. And I don't actually really build it up. Well, I build it up a little bit and then just kind of do it and it's not really all, it's a chainsaw and two bean bags. It's not really all that exciting, but. Cool. So if you have any one piece of advice for street show, I said I'd maybe ask a question of this. Um, someone getting into street show, what would your big piece of advice be or a few things that you'd say to someone? Well, the, the big thing I see uh, new performers failing at uh, is they go on for too long and they'll see other performers on a certain pitch do half an hour or whatever or, yeah. or even longer and uh, they'll start out and they're doing their first shows and think, well, I should do half an hour as well. It doesn't work that way. It's, oh, gen no. <laughs> it's generally much better go quite a bit shorter and to be short and fast and action-packed and they'll try and stretch it out like veteran performers will but the re the thing the veterans get away with is they know how and they've got the patter and they've got the confidence and uh, the charisma to pull that off and as new performer you don't so just keep it shorter know you're gonna fail you're gonna suck like you said in your earlier podcast about street performing a while back you're gonna suck and that's too bad, but that's just part of it. But why not do a shorter show so you suck for 10 or 15 minutes instead of sucking for 40? <laughs> yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah. And anything else? Um, the big thing about uh, street performing is charisma and confidence. Uh, as I've gotten a, a better performer, I have to do less and less in the way of tricks. And, and in terms of crowd building, it's just basically getting out there and showing the audience that you're in control. Uh, one thing I do reasonably well is I tell jokes to absolutely no one. As people are walking by, I'll tell jokes as though there was an audience in front of me. And uh, it's just something you kind of have to do and it takes a while to get that confidence and be able to do that, but that's what you want to work towards. 
cool. Uh, and then a bit about sort of the, the uh, I wanted to talk to you about the videos that you make, because there was this thing set up called the World Juggling Video Federation, and there was themed videos. And I'd love to talk you to talk through some of the videos that you've made and uh, and why everyone voted for them and you became the uh, the, the one to beat in the in the video, uh, juggling video front. Well, uh, I... Uh I conceived the World Juggling Video Federation, I don't know, maybe... Was that your idea? Three, three years back, yeah. I know someone credited Little Paul, but i got to say, LP's done a lot of great things, but he, I came up with the idea, but a lot of people were supportive. I was inspired by the challenges on B3TA.com, uh, and so I thought it would be fun to have the same idea for jugglers, is to come up with topics and, and produce some videos around it, shorter videos. So by the way, everyone in the UK that I know, and the guy who runs it, calls it Beta.com. Oh, yeah, well... Anyway, carry on. Anyway, but you know, people are going to go to beta.com and it's going to be like some old Sony site from the 80s or something. Okay, carry on anyway. You like the challenges. That was a good joke. Um, yeah, so I, I thought the challenges. Anyway, and me, I, I said, you know, one of the big criteria is it should be funny. Yeah. And since I'm not the greatest juggler, that allowed the rules to be skewed in my favor. Ah, so that I, I could. So it was so about the creativity, it was about no. the comedy rather than about the, the person who's got the best tricks is going to win. Absolutely, because uh, if I had made it about the best tricks, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't do very well. And uh, the big irony is, uh, is Jason Garfield created the WJF and rules around things that he's good at so that yeah, it's you know, himself and particular people win. So I did yeah. the same thing with the WJVF as I figured the rules should be. Uh, but now the void's sort of taken that and... Uh, and now has the WJVF at the uh, a year-long thing, I guess, that he held. Well, yeah, I mean, it was just to keep a continuation of trying to inspire good videos online, I think, as well. Yeah, no, I, I, think, it, I think it's a great idea. But the reason I didn't win is because he's changed the rules now and the criteria. No, you got a lot of, you came like second or something, third I came, or second? I came third. Yeah, okay. I, I did okay. So the first, the, what was the first challenge? Was it Traces of Plagiarism or something like that? So what did you do for that? Was it Michael Motion inspired? I can't even remember what it was. Oh, I did uh, two videos for Traces of plagiarism. I think I placed first and second, but anyway. <laughs> well, it's so really? meaningless. It's so funny I know, to win it's something. Great. It's great. Yeah, so yeah. meaningless. Yeah. Um, anyway. That you came up with um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what did I do? I did the... Uh, I did a Michael Motion parody of the uh, In Motion with Michael Motion. The Which PBS is fantastic. Document. Even yeah. if you don't haven't seen that video, you can still get out why... You know, I don't know. It's just a, it's an amazing thing. Look at these online, I would say. And he, he uh, created, in, in the video, he uses one of the funniest phrases I've ever heard, which is simultaneously caressing and violating the object. Uh, really, I, nothing gets better than that. I think he does it with a hoop, not a ball. Anyway, um, and then I also did one where I was pretending to be Jason Garfield, pretending to be Thomas Dietz or something. I couldn't really figure it out. Anyway, the important thing was... I can't remember that one. It was the Michael Motion one that sticks in my mind. Yeah, well, I, I yeah, and a lot of people ask, my, ask me, how did I rig up some device to pee at the end? And I'm like... Why would I go to all that effort to rig up some device? I forgot about that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm always going for the highbrow. I mean, that's how yeah, you win yeah. these things. The costume is very high. Can't remember the other videos, but let's talk about the. Um, uh, what else? What other videos have you done? Oh yeah, the the Victoria Juggling Festival video, the parody of the. Uh, it was a promotional video. Yeah, it was a promotional video uh, in the same spirit as the Bungay Balls Up, I guess, competitor videos. Um, I did a uh, parody video of the of the WJF promotional video, and I wanted to uh, satirize the whole idea that it's so big to be on ESPN2. Um, we were pretty sure that we'd be on local access cable, so I really wanted to... Let me say that again. <laughs> local <laughs> access cable. And, uh, and then also they were going to break world records. Uh, ironically, I ended up having a world record, not during that festival, but uh, I think hot dog eating was one I wanted to do, and yeah. holding your head underwater for a certain period of time was another one. <laughs> we filmed that in my bathroom. <laughs> uh, uh, four, two, three, or whatever it was—the first one. Um, Another great video. Yeah, four, two, three video. Yeah, that, that seems to have gotten the best response. It was my first, really, that didn't have any jokes in it. So, uh, but I got to thank Beck and Mark for helping out on that one. Was it inspired by the uh, Gandini site swap DVD, or was it just that you liked the idea of just a, a, a whole video with just like based around one pattern? Well, I think, no, it, was, it wasn't really anything to do with the Gandini thing. Uh, it was basically I wanted to uh, get creative and force a restriction. I, I think creative, creativity comes from restriction, so restricting yourself to one site swap. And I'd been exploring 423, and I wanted to see how many patterns yeah. could be developed within that. Yeah. And I also think it's fun that 
uh, different 423 patterns um, don't look like they're based on the same site swap. So it was interesting to explore that yeah. and to think that, uh, yeah, to see patterns based on the same site swap but appear very differently when done. Cool. And it, but it wasn't just the site swaps. It was also exploring the space. Exploring the space. Well, yes, the confined space, confined by 423. What, what's inside there? I also think that's a really funny phrase. Exploring the space. Exploring the space. And what about all the numbers? Because every between every trick, there was like a number 423, and you find it in indexes and stuff like that. Why did you do that, or was it just a, a, a just a just an idea off the top of your head? Well, it's it's funny because I, I had this idea and I was sort of developing that video, and it all came across. Uh, came along quite slowly, and then I saw uh, 9 to 1 Nordic objects in which Oscar did something quite similar for each object. But there's a distinct difference in that nearly all of mine were um, situa uh, situations where you find them naturally yep, in yep. nature, whereas he specifically created... Yeah, made each one of them, didn't he? Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, and I felt like it almost might appear that I stole that idea from him, but no, I, I wanted to, to do these numbers because I noticed how often you know, these numbers do appear, and... Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And then the uh, the next one in that series, I guess, um, and then we'll move on to what you're doing in the future, maybe, um, is the, the, the 4X2 video. And that was actually another trip that you did to to Europe and uh, across America as well. Tell us about that. Uh, well, with the 423, the restriction wasn't too tight. There's a lot of 423 patterns out there, and me and two other friends were able to do enough tricks to fill a five-minute video, but 4X2 is so much more restrictive. There was just no way uh, we were going to fill out that amount of time, and it suddenly came to me that um, if you have 4X2 and add an ER at the end, it's 4X Tour. So it's like a tour, and I thought, hey. Well, I, I never actually worked that out. I m maybe just missed that one when the video came out. Well, I know, it's so terrible. But um, anyway, so I had that name, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going on this big, long trip, going to all these places, going to meet all these great jugglers. Why don't I get them to demonstrate various 4X2 patterns? Because there'll be ball specialists, ring specialists, and we can get all these people, and I can also interview them. Even a devil stick specialist. <laughs> yeah, even a devil stick specialist, of course. Yes, how, how could I forget Marcus? Uh, yeah, so I thought it would be so much fun to uh, yeah, just exp explore the world, as it were, instead of the space and uh, see the different 4X2 patterns that other people have come up with, uh, like yourself. I think you did some rings. Well, yeah, but um, did I? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, no, I did a pattern. You were like, Norby's done that already. I'm like, ah. So, and I did another one. It's like, Jay Gilligan's done that already. I'm like, ah. So, and I, I ran out of tricks quite quickly. But no, it was quite a, like, it, in, the, in, the, in the realms of like star-studded juggling videos, you probably had more people in that, like Vova, Galchenko, even and Norby, and all these other people who, you know, people know around the world. Yeah, I, 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 I was. I want to claim I think it is the most uh, star-studded juggling video. Uh, Maybe even Jason Garfield. Uh, yeah, even a Jason. Yeah. <laughs> no, and also there was, there, yeah, I know, but there was uh, um, bits of comedy in there as well. I, my, I think, favorite part was asking Jochen how he enjoyed British food. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what do you Great say, no more questions? Yeah, <laughs> he just went, no comment or something like that and walked away. Yeah, I, I'm never really sure if people liked the sound bites or it was too much. I wasn't really. What was your opinion? I know. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, if it's just a juggling video, if it was just Forex too, I could watch the Gandini Sideswap DVD. Um, but no offense, but I'm just saying they, they have <laughs> they've done this a lot. But I watched watched that video because of the interviews, because of the uh, um, the pieces like the the quotes that were um, inserted. Uh, Next up for you, new video project. What's on the horizon? Well, I'm just going to give you one oh, more point. My, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, my friend uh, Mark, who appears in the 423 video, is him who suggested, you know, really people don't explore the audio track within these juggling videos. Yep. They just put on, you know, crappy pop music that we've all yeah, heard. Yeah, whichever track they like that week. Uh, yeah, and I've heard, what is it, some Chemical Brothers video? Sh and Club uh, to Death, yeah. <laughs> yeah, should, should be uh, yeah, banned from videos. Anyway, so I thought, really, let's explore the audio track and let's try and include. So it's fun to have interviews playing over because I think you should really try and pack in as much as you can in that space of the video. Well, that's one of the only videos which, as soon as it finished, I watched it again. And as soon as it finished, I watched it again just so I got all the clips and, and all the bits and pieces. And then it's like discovering things like with uh, when you uh, did something with Marco Paoletti, he had a, he had a cow on his T-shirt and you had a cow clip going over the top of it. And it was so many of them that I never couldn't see even the second time through. I had to watch it three times. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's so easy to pack lots in. I mean, it's not easy. It takes hours and hours and hours of time yeah. for no real reward. Any, But anyway, the point is... Wait, you're a street show artist. You don't have a proper job, do you? Hey, now. Uh, 
Robert Trump, what the hell do you do for a living? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sit around the house quite a lot of the time. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I think yeah, one should work towards uh, allowing people to watch the video as many times as they want, not stretching the video out for a huge amount of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I generally say anything longer than five minutes, you should know what you're doing. I was really impressed with Norby's Rings 3 because he was able to change the tempo and explore different things. Yeah, it things. sort of really went from level to level to level and it kept your interest. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, I was good at 15 minutes. His latest video, I've only watched it a couple of times, and it's too short. I was disappointed. I think he could stretch Yeah, it. but, yeah, again, I, I, I thought that as well. But in the end, I'm, I'm pleased that if you're going to make a video, make it make it the length that makes people going, oh, I want to watch that again, or uh, no more, because some things do go on. Anyway, where was I up to? Next, what's happening next, um, video-wise or life-wise? Well, my next thing is that I think I'd like to make uh, videos that appear appeal to more than just jugglers. So I'm trying to think of some concepts that uh, non-jugglers would enjoy. Oh yeah, we were talking about last night about conquering YouTube. You think you can do that? I didn't say that. Now you're putting words in my mouth. Conquering uh, maybe, YouTube. maybe that was my uh, comment. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not gonna conquer YouTube. Uh, what am I gonna do? Uh, uh, I'd like to make a little inroad into YouTube. Uh, uh, plunger throwing is my uh, latest endeavor, and uh, via the support of Dick Franco, uh, I want to pursue that. And I'd like to make a plunger throwing video. So I've been. Uh, you, let me just get this up. Plunger throwing. It's not juggling. What is it? Uh, it's basically knife throwing made safe. So you have like a, a flat surface, a glass panel, or a mirror, or whatever you've got, a flat wall, and you throw plungers as though you're doing knife throwing around someone's body. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've also seen here in Germany on the show called Vettendass, this guy throws plungers at people's backs, which I recently did with a guy at a, a festival in Seattle, and he got one to stick on my back. Did it but, hurt? Um, it does hurt, yeah. <laughs> Great. Anyway, the video. Yeah, so uh, we're thinking maybe a chase scene or something like that. You and I were throwing around some ideas. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully something will be taped at some point. I'm not sure. Maybe in two years. <laughs> <laughs> See how it goes. And also, just in general, what are your, what are your plans for the future then? Uh, my plans for the future. Uh, I'm heading down to New Zealand, going to do the uh, Sydney Juggling Festival, and then it's off to the Austin Festival. Looks like I'll probably be at the BJC this year. I went, to, I went to those festivals. They're both really quite interesting festivals. Good places to go. Yeah, I'm excited. But I'm really excited about my first EJC this summer. You're coming? I am coming. Well, fantastic, because it is the best juggling festival. How, how are you getting out of work to do that? Or are you going to perform in Europe, or what's going to happen? Uh, I'm just taking a week off. you got to do it to come, and uh, I think one in Germany will be the best place to come. Fantastic. Um, just some other pieces. Anything else you want to mention? Oh, boy, put on the spot here. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been really interesting seeing the difference between American... Uh, oh, yeah, this American, is, yeah, you mentioned you wanted to mention this before. Yeah, North American juggling culture versus uh, European juggling culture. And also the performing aspect. As a professional performer from North America, uh, I'm generally required to do at least a 45-minute show. That's what I get hired to do, 45 minutes of comedy with juggling. Whereas here, the performers I meet generally do uh, seven or eight minutes of uh, generally uh, technical stuff or maybe comedy, but it's, it's typically silent. And that seems to be the European model versus yeah. the uh, the American model. And I guess you've you've done work within within both models. Yeah, quite a lot. I do like the shows here, like variety shows in, in Germany and do street show stuff which is like longer shows and doing the stuff on cruise ships now. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess I guess a taste of both worlds. But what do, do you think that influences like the the venues that you can perform? Do you think it actually influences the development of young jugglers or new jugglers to go in one direction or another? Well, I definitely think it does. I mean, what I saw juggling when I first uh, started juggling was that it was, you know, a, an avenue for verbal comedy. Whereas like the Raspini brothers and those guys. Yeah, whereas here in Europe, it seems to be uh, an avenue for artistic expression on stage. Uh, and so it's, yeah, it's a totally different idea. I mean, if I was here, I probably wouldn't ever wouldn't juggle. a professional <laughs> juggler because I, I don't really, you know, project a lovely character silently on stage and show off my uh, wonderful coordination and body movement. Uh, I tell funny jokes with my mouth. But coming here, people equate my style of performing with street performing, which which isn't necessarily in North America. It's the style of performing that most performers work under uh, for corporate acts, for for arts festivals, not street yeah. festivals, but you know all the different stuff and college shows and, and all that sort of thing. So it's all comedy based? Yeah, it's, it's pretty well all comedy based. How else does one person do an hour-long show 
for a uh, for an average audience, I guess it's. Very difficult, I guess. Yeah, it's very difficult without talking to do an hour. Well, that's what we were mentioning last night, wasn't it? That um, a, a like a musician can get up and pretty much do the same material, like ten songs in a row, not very much variation between the songs, and um, and can keep the audience, you know, there. But I guess there's just not the vocabulary. There's not all the different. I don't know to do with the same kind of thing with juggling. So you have to use spoken words to do a longer show. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if someone could write an essay on uh, that, that topic you just came yeah. up with, but basically, silent juggling, I, very rarely have I seen anyone be able to stretch it out for more than 10 minutes or something. Uh, As a solo artist. Yeah, and not something that's going to come across to, especially a North American audience, or even a European audience, like to the average person, fair enough to jugglers. I mean, I saw the uh, Look Sharp Act by uh, Peter and Victor from Sweden, and yeah, they I think it's like 40 minutes long, and it was great. Uh, they definitely held me. Strangely enough, they did perform music during a portion of it with no juggling. But be that as it may, yes, it held my interest. But I don't know if that would would that work for an average audience for 40 minutes. You know that that's a tough thing to do. I, for my kind of work, what they hire you to do is come out and yeah. tell jokes and uh, throw some stuff. Do around. you think that could change in the North American market? Do you think, I mean, if, if someone set up some like a, some variety theatres or, or there was some... I mean, I guess in Vegas people come out and do a short act and, and Cirque du Soleil and these other circus, uh, you know, these new circuses are, are, are developing and there is, I guess there is some more space for like the shorter acts. Yeah, I've seen a number of Cirque du Soleil shows down there and they certainly have a brand and yeah, people... Strangely enough, I just saw... Uh, was it Car Humanity? I can't remember which show. In Vegas. Uh, yeah, in Vegas. And... Uh, like 25% of it was audience participation street performing stuff. Really? And it's fine and dandy to do those bits when I'm, you know, going to put $5 wait, wait, this, in the this, hat. Wait, this is, this is the people, you've got to book three months in advance. You're paying $80 for a ticket or whatever it is, and you were saying street show stuff on, on stage. Yeah, they brought up some members of the audience and asked them questions how long they'd been going out with, they wanted them to kiss, and then they had another guy and this woman kind of dance around just stuff that was you know okay in a street show when you're putting five dollars in the hat at the end but yeah no i'm paying 70 80 dollars to see the world's most famous circus and yeah i'm seeing stuff that yeah i'd be like yeah it's an okay show for five bucks but oh well yeah i i don't know uh is there yes there are variety shows in vegas no, i'm just saying is that would there would that sort of like inspire new jugglers or new performers to come and do that because that's what the big inspiration here is in the, in Germany it's because everyone learns how to juggle at school or, I mean you know in, in a lot of schools they have youth circuses and everyone sees that the variety performances or the variety shows in the circuses is almost mainstream entertainment you know you that's what you're paying the big money for but I was wondering if there that culture could start in America with these with this uh, with the Cirque du Soleil and these other shows but I guess I'm, I'm not sure yeah, I'm not really sure. It re uh, I've only seen one Cirque du Soleil show come out to Western Canada. And, uh, I mean, there is Teatro Zinzani in uh, Seattle, which, uh, which is a variety show. And they get some, uh, some nice high-end acts there. So, so there is, yeah, there is potential. But, Europeans. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, yeah, the good acts are. Um, but, yeah, there's really not really much out there. The bulk of the work is for us. 45-minute shows, comedy juggling. Well, that's cool. I guess finally, the only the uh, the other thing uh, that you see a lot with uh, American in the American juggling scene, I guess, is the WJF. You've been along to some of the uh, uh, festivals there. How do you find it? I mean, like again, from the point of view of someone who's uh, from Canada but's also performed a lot in America and has travelled in Europe, how did you find the WJF? Um, I felt I felt really old. Was really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you would you and I would be two of the oldest people who've ever competed in the WJF. Uh, yeah, it's very focused on young people, and there's a lot of yeah, yeah great young jugglers out there, and that makes up a lot of the people who are interested in the WJF. Personally, I became interested in WJF because they had the convention in the winter when I didn't have a lot oh, of work. Great, yeah. That was the primary reason for me first going, and there's still there are a lot of good jugglers, and people are really nice. It's not a very competitive atmosphere at all. It's all very everybody's very supportive of the performers. Yeah. I think it gets blown out of proportion how yeah, competitive so, yeah. people are. Yeah. It, really, they're not. It, uh, yeah, everybody's really nice and, and friendly, and uh, it was lots of fun. Uh, I don't know really if it's going to go anywhere. It's uh, 
But no, I, I've, I've heard good things. Pretty much every person I've ever spoken to who's been to the convention says it's a really good convention. The, the atmosphere in the gym's really good. You get lots of jugglers turning up, and there's like lots of interesting people there. Um, the thing is, everyone I've talked to who, who's seen the competition said they're a bit uh, tedious. I think that's, that's probably it. So the, the public face of the WJF is the competitions that people don't like, and nobody actually gets to hear all the stories about how cool it is to hang out in the gym and, uh, and meet all the cool people and make friends there. And for young people, I think it's probably a good, good thing. Yeah, the, uh, the exhibitions are my personal favorite part of it, and uh, it was strange because, again, at the BJC, a lot of people went to the competitions, and I don't think a lot of people saw the exhibitions. I know I was there for uh, Wes and Toby doing theirs, and I think I saw a bit of Thomas's. Thomas's at the WGF2 was absolutely fantastic. And to yeah. see him for, I don't know, an, half an hour or an hour, and you can even ask them to demonstrate tricks and all this sort of stuff, yeah. and it's, you know, it's personal, it's right there. And I guess that's really a big inspiration nice. to many people. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think to be able to interact with these celebrity jugglers, as they're called, was, uh, was loads of fun. And, uh, and, and yeah, the WGF really excelled at that. I think having the exhibitions is an, is an absolutely great concept, and I really have enjoyed those. I got in big trouble uh, from Jason, I think, for suggesting Wes uh, do, some, you, yeah. do some mixed prop stuff in his exhibition at the, uh, what, at a the ball BJC. and a ring have his own. Yeah, I know. I had some trick I wanted him to do, and yeah. Well, was... no, I think the reason that you're not allowed to mix props is because then if you bounce a ball on your head and do it like Anthony Gatto <laughs> could do, of course, he'd just, he'd just do somebody else's routine, throw for throw, but with a ball bouncing on his head without even blinking. So I, I'm, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I don't think we really need to worry about Anthony going to the WJF. No. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be invited you, back. But you entered the competitions, yeah? Uh, yeah, I went to the competitions at the BJC. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I, it's like, what else am I going to do? There's a lot of stuff to do at the BJC. Yes, yeah. indeed. But, yeah, it's fun to go and see these uh, these jugglers do their thing and of course people were complaining about seeing Thomas do poi in the public show yeah. and uh, and oh I have one other funny thing go I want to say okay it reminds me one of the drawbacks to having public at a public show means that you can't celebrate the in jokes that jugglers so love yeah. and so they're only really for renegade you can't have fun in jokes for a public show uh, and, and so there are festivals where I was just at Nuremberg and there was this like 15 minute long thing where these guys got a PhD in juggling or some celebrity PhD in juggling. I didn't understand it because it's in German. But people next to me were wetting themselves laughing. It was so funny. And it's all based on in-jokes. And there's no public there, so it's okay to do all these things. Whereas other, uh, a lot of festivals, they have public shows and it's required to, you know, to have standard acts to impress yeah. the public rather than this stuff. So, yeah, having Thomas not juggle, then the public doesn't get to see Thomas Dietz, the great juggler. Yeah. But really, if anybody wanted to see them, they'd pay the extra 20 quid, get their uh, little red pass. 10 quid. Oh, it was only 10? And uh, uh, go and... It's about $40, you know. And, <laughs> $20. And go to see, uh, yeah, go to see Thomas doing his exhibition, which is even better than his routine in the competition. Yeah, cool. I guess um, the... Uh, uh, the thing that I'm, well, something I had actually talked to one of the organizers or someone who's involved in the BJC next year, I said, don't bus everyone to a theater, just close down the gym for the afternoon or something like that, as long as there's somewhere else that they can juggle, just have the public show, not as a public show, but just as a gala show, treat the audience, I mean, treat the people at the BJC and just put on a show which is perfect for them, I mean, that, I always think that's a, like you say, it's a, a nice thing to just put on the show just for the jugglers, it's like an EJC, often there's nobody there for the public show who isn't a juggler I think next year's EJC uh, they're gonna be doing like four public shows because so many people are gonna turn up but um, yeah I, I'm just thinking that I, I always want the, the show to be the best for the jugglers because they're the people who paint to get along if you wanna if you want to put on a, another show like they did in Petui as well the EJC there they put on a public show which was only for the 200 people who cared about it in the town they went along to a small theater and jugglers weren't even invited although a lot of them did turn up <laughs> so yeah I think that's interesting oh one finally I guess while we're talking about public shows I hear you have have public show fatigue oh yeah yeah go that, on tell us about that because that's I thought was quite interesting well, I got a lot of response well because I've been able to travel I get to see a lot of public shows in uh, in both continents I guess when you go to America uh, you see all the good Europeans that you've already seen in Europe who will get invited over to America but then you see all the good Americans who are invited over to Europe because you're from there and you've seen them all there yeah <laughs> in <laughs> I a, guess sum it up. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell well it was just funny you know these acts that that are known uh, over North America, like, like get the shoe, and I met them in Berlin, and yeah, like Jochen's a friend of mine, and I stayed with him, and I'd seen his show about eight times. So this year at the IJA. <laughs> yeah, so all these people at the IJA, and then everybody's, you know, Peter Irish this, Peter Irish that, like, 
I've seen him perform his act like three times. I got to see it uh, fourth time about two weeks ago. It's a great act, but you know, it's coming to the BJC next year. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I mean, no, it's it's great. It's just the fatigue of of it's the problem is I want to see something new and fresh. I want to be as excited and know that feeling I felt eight years ago when I was seeing all these great acts for the first time, like seeing Victor Key, and it was spine tingling, and you know that that coolness. And I just never get to see that act anymore, because. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen some. I know I have the same feeling because I've travelled. You know, I often go to a public show and have seen again ninety percent of the acts or ninety percent of the artists there before. Yeah, and, and so everybody's all bowled over by these acts, and yeah, that you know that rush of seeing them for the first time. And it was great to see Get the Shoe on that giant stage at the BJC. Yeah. That like rocking out. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't want to be a solo act on that stage, even them as a duo doing nine clubs and horrendously high triples, still barely filled the stage. But, uh, I, yeah, it, it's nice. One of the good things, I think, to do in putting together a public show or even a show for jugglers is to make it more of a variety show and less necessarily a juggling show. And um, uh, my friends who organize the Pacific, uh, pardon me, the um, SGFF, the Seattle Juggling and Footbag Festival, they really push variety in their show. So this year, there are almost no real juggling acts in it. And, uh, yeah, it makes it a new experience for people. Yeah, so it's treating the jugglers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, bringing in all these new artists instead of the same jugglers seeing over and over because for those old jaded people like you and I who are I'm not old and jaded I'm just I'm just I, it's just I've seen it a lot before but I always enjoy seeing the same act again well not always yeah but I, I think making it variety if you've got friends if you know of other acts you can bring in people doing other things and we have I think as jugglers we have respect for all those other uh, artists within sort of the variety disciplines and it's gr great to see that well, that's uh, that's cool. I guess. Oh yeah, my party or the party that we had last night. You, I, you again. You, I, I, I was mentioning all the way through the show that you had seen it all before, and it turns out that I only did acts that you hadn't seen before. Yeah, I don't think I had seen uh, any of that stuff before. I've hardly actually really seen you perform. Which is very strange because we've been together. I mean, we've been to so many conventions together and seen each other. Like, of course, living in Berlin, uh, you for three months and me for a few years, and and hanging out and going to lots of events, but never actually being there to perform. No, I really enjoyed seeing your jacket act, which apparently lots of people had seen, but at the BJC, I'd never seen it before. And uh, I, of course, was so everyone else is all jaded about that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I know. So finally, I was on the other thing, going, "Hey, that's great to see Luke doing something new and innovative." Uh, no, he's been doing that for years. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I got to see your live uh, video screen act last night, which was really good. Yeah. Enjoyed that, uh, flawless. And uh, you didn't do the art of juggling, which is one of the things. Well, I actually, yeah, I wanted to, but uh, anyway. So, well, Polo didn't want to. So anyway, I think that's about it. We've really wrapped it up. So, like I say, at the end of all these, uh, um, at the end of all of these um, interviews that I do, you're leaving the um, jugglers. You've got one final thing to say to them, like one word to another juggler. Go for it. Make it interesting. Don't make it a 360. How profound. That's all I got. You put me on the spot. I don't know. I got nothing. Well, I say this in every interview that I do. I just hate hanging out on the forums and seeing these people going on and on and on about their 540s and 720s and 360s. It's just so bizarre. Like, it really doesn't matter. It's really not that important. And I've, you know, spent a lot of time working on my 360s and I'm hey, I, you say that you're not a great juggler. I think you're, some of the stuff that I see on videos and, and trying out, you know, I mean, that's nothing to sniff at. Oh, thanks. I, I really can barely do a five up, five ball, uh, 360. I do weigh 200. Neither can pounds. I. <laughs> but no, I can't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, make it interesting, make it exciting. Uh, yeah, try and do something different. That's why I'm doing the plungers. I'm exploring a new prop. Thanks to Francis Julian, if anybody knows who he is. Uh, he really inspired me. With, uh, you know, there's always going to be these kids who are going to be better at technical juggling than me. So. But you can be funnier. So why not be funnier? Absolutely. Well, Aaron, thank you very much. That's, I guess, the wraps up the interview. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Luke. It's been fun. So that was the uh, interview with Penguin. <laughs> That was the interview with Aaron Greg. Did you enjoy that interview, Polo? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was a good one, wasn't it? It talked yeah. about all kinds of stuff there. So uh, that's about it, really. So if you've enjoyed this one, send in your emails and uh, get ready for the next podcast. Probably won't take that long to come out with the next podcast. Sure, we'll get some good reaction 
from the next one with the uh, top 40 jugglers of the year as voted for or by Or annoyed you. or angry. Yeah, lots of people going, oh, why it? am I not on why it? Why am I not on who, who voted for this guy? Anyway, so we'll see how it goes. Lots of interesting stuff I coming up. I know who won. Uh, and I know it probably won't be a surprise to anyone who won, but the details of running up. And shall, I say, shall I no, say? No, no, really don't say. Okay. Sh- if you, but shall I say? No, 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 don't it say. It was Penguin. It wasn't a Penguin. Uh, so... <laughs> Probably has got penguins on the brain. So uh, yeah. we'll take some photos of penguins and, and put and them me. on the Facebook. And me, penguin yeah. and yeah. me. And actually, in the same we'll, photo. we'll take a photo of Dave the stunt penguin, which is a little penguin I used to do shows with, and someone threw it and it stuck. It was me. Uh, you threw it. Yeah. And it stuck to one of Polar's pictures, and we've left it in there for about two months now. It's stuck to one of the frames. Yeah, but, and, and the cool thing is, he was called. Dave the stun penguin before. Yeah, because I do this street and show now kind he's of thing. The stunned man. Where there was a where anyway there was a, a penguin and because I juggled with a little beanie bag penguin, I would uh, I'll call him a stunt penguin. So uh, so he's a stunt penguin and now he's actually still hanging on the wall, stuck to one of the polar frames. And he just he thought that sort of just wedged himself in there. Very very clever. Anyway, so. Uh, uh, new stuff coming up in the future. Send us your emails to luke at juggler.net. And the love letters to polarbrentle at yahoo.com. Yeah, but we've got a new website now. It's looking really sparkly. We've got lots of new photos on there, new uh, it's videos not and stuff. It's sparkly. It's simple. It's simple, but it looks pretty cool. Lukeandpolar.com. So check that one out. And also lukeburge.com and then click on podcasts, juggling podcasts. All the information that you need is there for ways to contact the show and things. All the archives are there. So get, get in contact. And also. Where where else Join can they get the the podcast? Facebook. Go onto oh, Facebook. Okay. And no, I'm just wondering. Like, I thought, how can you can you advertise that when they download that podcast? Because they might have just done it by iTunes and they don't know it's there. Okay, Lots okay, of people okay. d- d- subscribe to it. Or maybe Podcast Alley or PodDirectory.com. Anyway, so there's lots of ways to get in contact. But if you go to uh, LukeBorridge.com forward slash jugglingpodcast.html or just click on juggling podcast you'll you'll be able to find all the information links to the um, galleries on facebook and everything like that so join in uh with the podcast and uh have a good time catch you later bye and world peace to you Hello and welcome to Juggling Podcast number... 42. No. 43. 30. <laughs> oh, you didn't do the jugglers yet? <laughs> no. Oh. Okay, let's try this one again. So which one? <laughs> We're up to 39. <laughs> okay. Okay, should we do it? Yeah. Okay. Hello and welcome to... Oh, you farted. That smells so badly. Aimed directly at me in that position too. <laughs> Should we go for it? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Hello and welcome to Juggling... I can't (laughs) breathe. I just can't breathe. This is (laughs) unbelievable. Stop moving. Okay, here we go.